Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you folks this morning. What an honor it is to uh, be able to come into your earways and talk with you as we continue on in the book of Job and uh, the greatest trials. And uh, as we're looking at some of these greatest trials, we find ourselves today, we came off yesterday, and uh, yesterday old Zophar, uh, Stephanie, Zophar was, he was out there, man. He was the meanest of the friends. Mm-hmm. It seems like they, they're yeah. going downhill. So so good morning. How are you this morning? Doing pr- pretty pretty well, Doug. Well, that's pretty great. So uh, as we continue on here, we're in chapter 12, and uh, let's talk about some of the things we know about Job. We know coming out of the shoot that Job was married, uh, had the biggest ranch everywhere, had a, a couple handfuls of kids, uh, everything was going great, cattle was everywhere, things are wonderful, uh, the devil uh, gets God to let him try Job, and then we see this litany of well, first we see all the trials, and they were terrible. I mean, the death of his children, uh, the loss of his entire farm. I mentioned, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I feel like it turned into the town dump. And then his three friends show up. And uh, his friends were, who was it? It was Elphaz, Bildad the Shuhite, and uh, this guy Zophar. And uh, so as we're sitting here, we just yesterday, we were really wrapping up what Zophar was doing. And Zophar was a knucklehead. And, and uh uh, Zophar was just trying to rub salt into the wound. He was trying to punch the bruise any way you want to look at it. But today what we want to do is read chapter 12, and then we're going to go back and look at select verses again and talk about how Job can help us with our trials, how this book, how God can use this book to help us. And Job answered and said, no doubt, but ye other people in the wisdom shall die with you. But I have understanding as well as you. I am not inferior to you, yea, who knoweth not such as these. I just want to stop. I I don't ordinarily do this, but when people are being narcissistic to you, when people are being bad to you, when people are downplaying to you, uh, use that sentence. But I have understanding as well as you, and I'm not inferior to you. We're all at the same height at the cross and the same level, the same place. And then it says in verse uh, uh, number four, it says, I am as one mocked of his neighbor who called upon God. And he answered him, and just upright man is laughed to scorn. He that is ready to slip with his feet is as a lamp despised in the thought of him that is at ease. The tabernacles of the robbers prosper, and they that provoke God are secure, into whose hand God bringeth abundantly. But ask now the beast, and they shall teach thee, and the fowls of the air, and they shall tell thee, or speak to the, to the earth, and it shall teach thee, and the fishes of the sea shall declare unto thee, Who knoweth not in all these that the hand of the Lord hath wrought this? In whose hand is the soul of every living thing, and the breath of all mankind? Doth not the air try words, and the mouth taste as meat? With the ancient is wisdom, and with the length of days understanding? With him is wisdom and strength, <clears throat> excuse me, he hath counsel and understanding. Behold, he breaketh down and cannot be built again. He shuttereth up a man, and there can be no opening. Behold, be withholdeth the waters and dry up. Also, he sendeth them out, and they overturn the earth. 
with him is strength and wisdom. The deceived and the deceiver are his. He leadeth counselors away spoiled and maketh the judge, the judges fools. He looseth the bond of kings and girdeth uh, their loins with a girdle. He leadeth princes away spoiled and overthroweth the mighty. He removeth away the speech of the trusty and taketh away the understanding of the aged. He poureth contempt upon the princes and weakeneth the strength of the mighty. He discovereth deep things out of the darkness and bringeth to light the shadow of death. He increaseth the nation and destroyeth them. He enlargeth the nations and straighteneth them again. He taketh away the heart of the chief of the people and the earth and causeth them to wander in the wilderness where there is no way. They grope in darkness without light, and he maketh the stagger like a drunken man. So uh, we're sitting here reading chapter 12, and I know the first thing coming to my mind is here he is testifying of what God is. So mm -hmm. Job's speaking, and uh, immediately, as I mentioned, he protected himself. He said, listen, I got understanding too. I've, I've been there with you. These things have happened. I know what you're talking about. And, uh, and then, then we see this point and, uh, where he just starts going on and talking about the attributes of God. And I, I want you to take a swing there at, at verses number one through six, Stephanie, and, and, and see what they're saying to you this morning. Well, I think it's, um, it's very important here. Um, like you said, when we come into chapter 12, Zophar has just gotten done beating Job up again, yeah. verbally. Um, and Zophar gets, got really nasty with Job. Um, you know, he, he pretty much calls him a man full of talk, um, says he's a liar. Um, I mean, he just really, really let Job know, Job know what he thought of him. And um, Job's response was not to curl up in a ball. He comes back and he answers and um, he says, I have understanding as well as you, as you. I am not inferior to you. And um, just as we go into this chapter, Job was a just perfect, upright man who had friends who were narcissists. Yeah. And um, God did not call his friends just perfect and upright for a reason. And... Um, we have a man here who was in tune with God, who had walked with God, or otherwise God would not have called him someone who feared him and eschewed evil and all of these things. Yeah. And Job answered. And he said, look, guys, you know, I am not inferior. That's literally what he says. I am not inferior to you. And then he proceeds, you know, verse 4. He says, you've mocked me. Um, I have called on God. And it's interesting here because he said that he answereth him. And God hasn't answered Job yet no. in this book. No. But Job is saying, who calleth upon God and he answereth him. And this tells me that God was real to Job. Yeah. God had, he, Job had communed with God in the past. He had a relationship with him. And even though Job didn't know what was going on, he didn't understand what the, what the basis of these trials was he through the eye of faith knew who God was and he had talked with God and he knew God was going to answer him. God yeah. had talked to him before and he knew that was going to happen. And he says, the just upright man is laughed to scorn. 
he's calling himself just an upright here. Job knew. Um, it's interesting because when you have, when you've been through trauma, you can go to God and say, God, what have I done to cause this? And yeah. you have that survivor's guilt. You have that um, condemnation from the devil that kicks in that Job was struggling with, as we've seen in, in past chapters where he talked. But here Job says he's a just and upright man. He knew that he was where he was supposed to be in his relationship with God. And his friends, he says that he's been laughed to scorn. And wow, that we would never be a friend a quote-unquote friend yeah. that laughs to scorn someone that we know who's going through a trial. And um, verse 5, He that is ready to slip with his feet is as a lamp despised in the thought of him that is at ease. And I think he's mm. telling his friends here, my feet are slipping. I'm, you know, I, I'm in the midst of a trial that you cannot comprehend. And... As Job's talk, talking to his friends here, he's getting ready to tell them that he knows who God is. And um, I think it's interesting that in verse 5 he says that he's as a lamp despised in the thought of him that is at ease. And then verse 6 says, The tabernacles of robbers prosper, and they that provoke God are secure, into whose hand God bringeth abundantly. Yeah. And um, Job's in, you know, he's, his brain's swirling, but he knows one thing that God is in control. Yeah. And in verse six, he's like, God even makes robbers to prosper. And those that provoke God are secure into whose hand God bringeth abundantly. It's like God, Job's just been through all of these trials. Yeah. Job's enemies are prospering right now. Those who stole his substance from every human pros you know, perspective yeah. are prospering. And I yeah. think Job's just at this point of, of saying, listen, I know who God is. I know he's talked to me. I've walked with him. And, um, and yeah. then he's going to go into, you know, who he sees God. Yeah. And I, and, and I think, you know, you, I think you nailed a significant part of this where I think four is a, a direct answer to what Zophar was doing to him. Yeah. I, I believe verse four is like, hey, you guys who are in comfort without the boils, without the pain, without the lost yep. kids, still have your house, still have the prime rib, still have the filet mignon, still have the ribs. I mean, you guys have got it made, man, but don't sit around and judge me. And I, I, I think, Stephanie, we talked about this before, but there were people that were living in perfect comfort that were judging you. And I mean, what, I mean, what is it, what does it say to you when somebody comes up to you and, and starts kicking you while you're down? What's, what comes to mind when those kind of things happen? Well, I mean, um, I'm in a different place now than I was, yeah. um, you know, when that was happening. Um, as I've said, said in podcasts past, um, when you've been brainwashed and influenced by narcissistic people for long enough you start believing what they say about you and your identity does become in your head who they are saying you are. And, um, I've told the story before, but of, yeah. um, when someone that I, um, was trying to respect, trying to take counsel from whatever, who was a narcissist walked into my home and informed me, sat me down and told me what I was going to do with my life and informed me I was incapable of thinking for myself. Yeah. Blank. And yeah. Um, I agreed with him. That's when I look back. It's like I agreed with him. And um, 
Job had not let his brain, he had not let himself be brainwashed by these narcissistic friends. And, um, yeah. So I think it's very important here to, to remember you are going to even have people who will call themselves your friends. Yeah, that's right. And, who, and they'll who will try to control you. And Zophar was trying to control Job. I mean, and they'll no look right, they'll, they'll act right. And then as soon as that tough, crazy trial, that soon as, yeah. as soon as life gets hard, some friends go into total stink mode. Some yeah. family goes into total stink mode. And I think the important thing for us to get out of this podcast is to be where Job's at. This is, I have an understanding of God as well. I know what's going on with God. I know what's going on here. Mm-hmm. I know that I'm in the midst of judgment and, and he's in judgment for sin, not personal judgment, which is two completely right. different animals. And, uh, and, but he's still saying, I know what's going on here. And, and then from those verses from seven, uh, through 10, he, he's really talking about, you can talk to the beast. You can talk to the earth. You can look all around and talk to them. They know what's going on. They get water from God. They get fed from God. They get hay from God. They get grass from God. And I, and I think what Job's saying here is he's saying, listen, I get this. I know what's going on. I know that I'm on the short end of the stick right now, but but don't consider me to be stupid because I'm yeah. not stupid. And and I think one of the things that happens so often, and I've always I've always been bothered by this, and I make sure I don't do this when I do the hospital visits or the uh, in-home visits or something like that. I don't talk down to people. I don't yeah. presuppose things. I yes. uh, these are people in many cases, in most cases, whose brains are still 100%. They're just in bad times. And, yeah. uh, you know, when we're standing on an almighty soapbox or pedestal, and yeah. uh, let me tell you, folks, it's going to go right over their heads. And, mm-hmm. and so if there's anything, and there's a lot of people listening, and, and I know we always say that, but it's true. There's people hurting who are listening to this. There are people who've been through this, and, and we don't want other people to go through this, and we want you to stop going through this. Listen, if there's someone in your life who's, who's blowing you away, who's ruining your life, who's turning things upside down, uh, just say, listen, even the animals knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. Even, even the grass grows and the trees grow. I get that that takes God. They're not automatically and magically happening. Uh, I can yeah. leave my house for a month and a half and the front tree doesn't fall down. You know, God keeps it watered. It, it, it's still growing, you know? And, uh, yeah. uh, so I think that's talking about what I really wanted to go into is I think we have time here at these, this last, it's almost like a hymn he's singing to God here starting in verse number 12 with each thing with the ancient is wisdom and in length of days understanding and and he's saying listen man don't pick on the old folks you know so far as the youngest guy we think he was at least the least friend we believe he's the youngest because they always spoke from the oldest down to the youngest or the oldest friend down to the youngest friend and he's sitting there saying you can pick on me all you want but with my with my ancient self i've got understanding and counsel i've been there and, and, and then we look at, uh, with him is wisdom and strength. He have counsel and understanding. Behold, he breaketh down and it cannot be built again. He shuttereth up a man and there can be no opening. So he's saying in response to Zophar, hey, I get this. God can shut me off. God can say it's all over today and uh, it's all over. And I mean, isn't that what you're seeing there, Stephanie, in those first yeah. few verses? Yeah. yeah. And I think he's, Job's perspective of God is not what Zophar's is. Zophar's perspective of God is a narcissistic perspective of if you just um, follow this certain checklist, life is going to be pristine. If you don't, 
your life's going to be absolutely terrible. That's the Zophar has God in these boxes. Yeah. Job is saying God controls it all. Right. He builds up, he breaks down, he shuts, he opens, he sends water, he dries it up, he's strength, he's wisdom. Um, yeah, even just, the wicked are his, you know, yeah. he, he talks about, um, the deceived and the deceiver are his, I mean, Job gets the picture that God is everything. Yeah. And that's the difference between Job and his three friends is Job's three friends have a very skewed perspective of God. And that's, and, Hey, you know, not to interrupt you, but this is the important point of the day. I believe right here, everybody's at a different level. Be careful who you take your counsel from. Uh, you yeah. know, they call them Bereans because why they double check the Bible. And yep. we, we need to be the type of people that double check what people say to us. There's, yep. there's a level of immaturity here that Job's fighting against. And and yep. uh, I just wanted to get that point where you were going. You go ahead. I just I wanted to hammer away at that because it, it woke something in my mind up. And uh, yep. and what it woke up was, hey, wait a minute, uh, folks who are listening to this, there's a ton of, it doesn't matter what's in front of the name, what's behind their name. It doesn't matter. Uh, there are some people that are really immature or skewed, uh, skewed with their beliefs and understanding of the right. Bible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and what's sad is here, um, I think Job's combating, quote unquote, friends who really believe they were experts. Yeah. Um, and that's the hardest kind of people to deal with is the people that know everything. Yeah, or minds know everything, um, but Job doesn't. Job just comes back with with who God is, and that he he controls everything. And um, I think it's amazing as we look at everything Job has been through. Yeah. That he this this chapter reveals to me that he really knew God. Yeah. That he really had a relationship with him because he covers such a diverse, yeah. diverse realms here. I mean, it's like he talks about every aspect of a life, um, yeah. private to public. And he just goes with God controls it all. And yeah. you can see that he's hurting um, because he definitely um, hits that he, you know, he removeth away, he removeth away the speech of the trusty and taketh away the understanding of the aged in verse 20. And I think Job is maybe talking about himself there. Yeah. And I think that, that of, he's taken away my understanding to a certain extent, yeah, yeah, but I, he's still God. Yeah. And I think you can go back to Job's wisdom really beginning, obviously mm -hmm. years before this story, but uh, naked, I come into this world, naked, I go out. At the end of chapter one, going into chapter, you know, making all those right decisions with God right. or, or really trying to. Then there in chapter two, you, you know, where he gets uh, the devil gets permission to tempt Job more. And I think yeah. Job does a lot of good. Now, does Job go through some depression? You bet he does. And, yeah. and I wonder if God made this part of the canonical or the canon of the, the Bible. You know, it's a canonical book. And I, I think the reason for that is so that we can see, that, hey, we go through stuff. Yeah. And uh, what we can, but here's the good news. What we learned from Job, we can use uh, to help ourselves and to help other people. Yeah. And and so Job, what Job went through, and, and I'm with Stephanie, I'm, I'm right with Stephanie here saying, this is a guy who knew God. And yeah. this is a guy who's going through some of the greatest trials on earth. And, uh, and I think, but you know, Stephanie, as we go to the end of this chapter, 
And uh, as we're looking at 24 and 25, he taketh away the heart of the chief of the people in the earth and causeth them to wander in the wilderness where there is no way. They grope in dark without light and he maketh them to stagger like a drunken man. You know, so even our leaders, he can take it away, their abilities, their, their, what they can do, what, what they can propose in front of us. And, and we see that, don't we? We see stammering and staggering and, and people not making any sense. And uh, uh, I mean, the chiefs and things of that nature, we're in the midst of a crazy uh, political election right now in our country. This is 2020 for someone who may listen to this later. And, and uh, we're making this podcast, I believe, the second day of September and uh, as we're in here and we're going through this, we see all this stuff. You know, thousands of years later, uh, you see all this. So uh, take a couple minutes, Stephanie, if you would. I want to go back to this idea of comfort and uh, people who are in comfort. And I want to stop the negative. You, you gave us how it made you feel. Uh, talk about how somebody in comfort can comfort somebody who's not in comfort, somebody who's in Job's state, mm-hmm. who's in the midst of a trial. Well, I think I think um, the verse that comes to mind when when I meditate on that subject is the one that says, "Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ." And um, I go think of Revelation where God talked about the church at Laodicea and how they were lukewarm; they were at ease, and God did not appreciate that at all. He said, "I'd rather you were cold or hot." Um, but because they were lukewarm, he just wanted to spew them. It made him literally want to vomit. That's how much it made him sick. Yeah. And I don't believe that God wants any Christian to be so at ease, so comfortable that they can't be touched with someone else's problem. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think of the guy in John 9 that was born blind and the disciples immediately thought he had sinned. And Jesus said, no. This has been done that the works of God be manifest. And the same thing with Job. And if you have a friend that's suffering, be there. Get out of your ease. Get out of your comfort zone and make a difference in their lives. Amen. Amen. And and, and that's the great point right there. You know, uh, there's people out there that are hurting. There's people that you know that are hurting. You can be in any room and it's just filled with people in trials. You know, be kind, be a decent person, make a difference. If we if we get out of any of this, it, it doesn't matter what we're going through in, in this particular instance. Uh, we need to go to God. I mean, Job's going to God again, and, and he's going to mess up. But you know what? It ends well, as we keep on saying this, ends really well. Uh, but listen, uh, I hope this has been a help to you today. We consider this a great honor. I just want to share a few words with you before we go. Uh, thank you for taking the time to listen to us. May God bless you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. One of the more exciting things about our ministry is being able to tell people how they can know for sure they're saved and believe in Jesus Christ and spend eternity in heaven. The Bible tells us there's four things we need to know to be saved. The first thing it tells us is we're all sinners. The Bible says there are none righteous. It says that everybody in the world is a sinner. The second thing that the Bible teaches us is there's a price on sin. The Bible says for the wages of sin is death. The third thing and the good news that the Bible teaches us today is it says, but God commendeth his love toward us while we were yet sinners before we were even born, Christ died for us. So we can know we're a sinner. We can know there's a price on sin, but thank God that Christ died for us. Then the Bible says we must speak it in our mouth and believe it in our heart that all we need to do is 
is pray to God, believing in a heart that Christ has died for our sins and ask him to save us in Jesus Christ's name. And you know what, folks? He will. If we can do anything to help you in that area, please send us a message. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources and to help continue this podcast, visit us at woundedspirits.com.